This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For free trial and 10% off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code CFN. CFN. Make it part of your life. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. You're listening to this. Yeah. That's you know, it's like a did no-brainer. You, did you download this by accident? Yeah. Wouldn't that be funny? It just oh, I just this this download just went right into my computer. I have no idea how it happened. Wow, I'm going to create a website. Yeah, it's like Use a, a pod virus. Pod virus. <laughs> You've been infected. Guess what? <laughs> we're actually here today. We're here today, mm-hmm. and um, we were ready to take today off. We were going to take today off when there was sixty grand to go on Sunday. We were like, yeah, "No well, fucking way, are we going right. to do an episode?" <laughs> I don't want to talk about how we failed, yeah. <laughs> or at least give a week in between. Yeah, yeah, we were like, "I can't do it. I can't do it." Um, you but guys, guess what? We funded. We funded. What's up? And oh my god! Thank you so much. You guys are so. It is the coolest thing, and it. And, and someone posted this on Twitter about it. Now sh- shut up about it. Sh- it. <laughs> yeah, enough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear kick or start. And stop or- going on all of my other favorite podcasts. <laughs> <Stop> ruining <laughs> my podcast with your fucking plug. Um, no, someone posted this on, on Twitter uh, about it shows you how cool the podcasting community is that this funded and how it funded. Um is why we got to make this film. We could not have done it without the support of everyone, the fans, the podcasters, yeah. the journalists, the websites. I mean, it was a uh, grassroots group effort. You, we did, you, between you and I, either together or separately, did close to 20 interviews in a month. Easily, probably Easily. more. To, 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 and and I, I, I hope I didn't forget anybody. I was, yesterday when it funded, I tweeted, thanks and I had to do like three or four of those to all of the shows and people that had yeah, me yeah. on. Um, and so if I forgot someone, please let me know and I'll, and I'll tweet that thank you for sure. And then all of the fans, you guys were going crazy, especially a couple specific people. TJ Matheny, I believe. Cliff Ashley, Franklin. Cliff Franklin, Ashley Rose. Um, he was a one-man tweet army. That guy, <laughs> between him and, and at Juno Rose, they were like m- crazy militant. Like it was great because – I would have felt weird being that in your face. So that we got to play good cop, bad cop. Yeah. And let them, I like to let them go, you guys better do this. Because yeah. I wasn't. I felt weird doing that. Um, they didn't. Not at all. Thank you guys. Yeah, yeah they, they did not. They made me feel bad about like that I should be running our Twitter better. <laughs> I was like, these guys, I should just hand it over to them. They're, they're killing it. They were. They yeah. were totally killing it. And, um, and how many times did Twitter lock you out through this entire process? Well, the first day that we said First of all, let's introduce our oh, guest. Yes. Former intern. Former intern, now a producer on Earbuds. On Earbuds, the podcasting documentary. documentary. Ladies and gentlemen, Keith Plumberg. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and the I, first time a guest on the uh, on a podcast. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. This is this is kind of like a bucket list thing. I've uh, I've uh, been a big fan, so now get to be on like one of my favorites. So uh, 
pretty crazy. Yeah. It's uh, pretty crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, it was... Uh, and you said you were on one other podcast before, but um, your, your roommates? roommates? Yeah, yeah. My roommates have a podcast called Off the Dome, where we uh, just freestyle rap in our basement, but it's, <laughs> it's not made for anybody other than them. So you it's really for roomcast. You don't even yeah. release it? <laughs> no, they don't even let me have... Like, it's just... It's my two roommates, Connor and Dan, and they're the only people, I think, that have, like, copies of them. But they love it. Why wouldn't you release that? I don't think that they're very uh, comfortable with their, uh, like, rapping like, like I live with a bunch of white, like eight white people, and it is the whitest house in Little Armenia. <laughs> and, and so, at eleven, o- which is the name of your novel that you that your love. It sounds like a romance yeah. novel. Uh, yeah, I was going to do it in NoHo, but I felt like I should bring it back to the people. So I went, <laughs> I went there. But you uh, guys, if you guys don't release that as a podcast. I'm going to start doing that. So you guys need to do this. I'm, you, cha- I'm threatening got, and challenging you at the same time. Maybe you guys got to come on and then maybe we yes. should have like, we'll have like a reason. We need we're to start release releasing it. that and I will totally come on and freestyle rap battle. Awesome. I'm telling you, tell your roommates they need to release this. Awesome. You have to have like a good rap alias. Cause we all have like really good ones. Like I'll find one. I'm MC spit bubble. <laughs> and then there's uh, Duke nickel. And then there's Kurt Cocaine. There's like a bunch of names. Kurt Cocaine. It could be Coconut Flash. Coconut Flash. Uh, DJ Palm Strike. Yeah. Yeah. DJ um, Palm Strike is good. Something like Ninja Base, I think, would also yeah, work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. So, Soul, Soul Samurai. Yes. <laughs> no. But I like anyway, it. so. I like it. <laughs> so the first day we set up the Twitter, I. I I've never really done Twitter before, right. so I don't know the full rules. So I, well, you found out pretty quick. Yeah, huh? <laughs> you got to shut yeah, up. I followed uh, too many people, like aggressive following is what I got and they were like, suspended Spam. for. Yeah, and then it took a couple days getting it back online. But then yesterday, like when, when we funded, I probably sent out like 250 tweets yesterday morning. And as soon as we funded, I wanted to send one out saying thanks, but also, you know, stop taking your money out. And uh, as soon as I went to send it, it said like you've sent your maximum amount of tweets. So as soon as wow. we funded, I wasn't even I wasn't even able to say for like twelve hours like thanks. Oh my god! <laughs> so I was just like, oh, they they just probably think like I I'm like really like pushing them at it, and, <laughs> and that's no, it. And then, and then no you, love back, and then you just passed out. Yeah, and then that's I what? passed out, and then I, I did not sleep. For it could not. I mean, I. <laughs> It was, it was the last hour. The last Dude, hour. Dude, when, when you said come here to record on Sunday, <laughs> I was like – all right, dude. I was literally doing it to appease you. I was yeah. sort of re- you were like, oh, I knew out. that, and I was yeah. like, it's not going to happen, man. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. go surfing. You're mm-hmm. fucking stupid. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I hate driving to the valley yeah. more than one day a week. So um, we did it, and 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 a friend of mine was like, uh, after it funded, went, yeah, we were listening, and it really sounded like you were you were checked out. I was already. a little checked. I had literally, and I'm not lo- joking practice my concession speech for this to to say on this show like hey thanks guys it's mm-hmm. all right and you know just come to podfest 2014 like mm-hmm. that's what i was going to do and um thursday and friday last week i was really bummed right i was I, so was i, I so we was were I. both just like mm-hmm. after we recorded the episode with doug which was fun it was awesome but it was like we both were like you know it really wasn't moving right you know yeah, it was not moving, and it was sticking at like whatever sixty, seventy grand, and we were just like the same. We needed a big jump, and yeah. it wasn't happening. And sad Friday night, I did um, Ice House Chronicles, the Death Squad show. Yes, with Brian Redband, which is a blast. And 
I had to really like on the drive over go, okay. Pump it up. Pump it up. You're doing a show. Like Mm -hmm. you still got time to promote because they live stream that show. Yes. And the Death Squad fans are awesome. Like they're so crazy loyal, mm-hmm. and and they you know they get out there and bang the drum too. So I was like, and go have fun and promote. And we were talking about the festival. And we're like, oh, the festival. They, they all those guys there were like for Death Squad. Were like, it was so fun doing the festival last year. Yeah. And I'm like, well, we're moving it to the Sofitel in Beverly Hills. And like, oh, that's awesome. And they were getting pumped. So I was like, okay, well, let's just get excited about the festival because we're yeah. six months out. And this new hotel is going to be awesome. They're already being better to deal with than the fuckheads at the Delfina. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and um, and so that's what I that's where I was at. And the show was fun. And I drove home like not. I was like Friday by Friday night. I was like okay. I'm because in my head Thursday and Friday during the day I was like I'm a failure. This we're all idiots. <laughs> like I hate show. I'm I, I, show business is the worst. Like and I was gonna. I was part of me wanted to. I toyed with certain concession concession speeches of like, here are all the fucking people I hate. Like I was just like, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and then you couldn't use the word concession. Yeah, yeah. no, then it's just madness. <laughs> yeah. It's a lunatic who got depo- like a deposed tyrant <laughs> or something. I'll be back. You can't keep me in prison forever. <laughs> yeah, my parents called me, I think it was like 20, 21 days in and gave me the like, like you really tried and that's what matters. And I'm like, call me in like 20 days. Yeah. Don't. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. So I called my dad, like I, I jumped on my roommate first and I was just like screaming at him. But then I called my dad and he was like crying. So when it funded, yeah, he sent me an email. Yeah. 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 We I'm got sure. that email. Your parents sent us an email saying we're happy for you. And like, thank you for giving our son this opportunity and all this stuff. And I was like, you guys should be very proud. He's a yes, fine he's young a hard man. worker. He's <laughs> yeah. going to be, um, Don the dragon Wilson's house boy. Yeah. He's going yeah. he's, he's to have sex with gay rich guys for the yeah. company. If anybody needs help with a Kickstarter, you can, uh, you can find me online. Keith Somewhere. Blomberg, Kickstarter consultant. Keith, Yeah. I'm starting a website. Mm-hmm. It's a new gig, dude. Like it. And so, I mean, so when I came here, son, and, and so then literally I was in my, this is going to sound great, ridiculous. I was in my samurai sword class. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we're on Saturdays and with a bunch of martial art nerds. And um, that the, term didn't exist yeah. before. <laughs> samurai nerd. Yeah. Um, and we're testing in a couple of months. The whole class, everyone's testing to go to wherever. And there's two fairly new guys. And I've been in about two or three years and. So the instructor's like, Graham, take these two new guys and kill them. Kill them. <laughs> kill them. And uh, that's, that, your that, that, that's, that's your test. If they kill you, you fail. Yeah. Um, and, you know, w- walk them through the basics. And I was going through all the basics of these maneuvers. And it's, it's, and at the end of what they call a waza, which is like a kata in, in, if you do Japanese martial arts or a form. Yeah, it's a form. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows this. Um, it's like a sequence of moves. And at the very yes. end, you 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 have this thing where you never give up, and it's this, and I was telling him all about this this stuff from from the, the guy, the grandmaster, uh, Master Shimabukuro, who passed away a year and a half ago. But in his book, Flashing Steel, great book, uh, he talks about you know today we're obviously not going to get in sword battles. So what is studying this? How does it apply? to modern society. And one of the things he talked about, samurais never gave up no matter what. And it's why, and I was telling these guys, that's why you hold your sword and you, you don't just like relax and then just kind of walk through the last steps. I go, you never quit. You never give up. And as I was telling them this, I was like, 
all right, I'm not giving up. You know, like mm-hmm. I even if whatever fund or don't fund, I'm not. Because if it did, there was t- I had times last week where I was like, I'm out. Fuck, here's well, my surfboard. I'm, I'm going to There take- was definitely a few times where I thought, all right, I think I need to be enthusiastic for the both of us. And there was a couple, yeah. like, you saved me, Chris. <laughs> we would get every other day, we'd get a panicky letter from Keith yeah. going, what the fuck, you guys? Yeah. Oh, my God. Just, like, just, all right, calm down. This I was is like, part they, of the- they're going to hate <laughs> And I knew just from the nature of Kickstarter, I was like, you know what? This is the kind of thing where it's because they even recommended us to do 30 days and we did 40 because a lot of the money comes in at the end. We heard it from Zane Lamprey. We heard it from um, even the Rotten Tomatoes uh, Uh people like Uh Gray Drake said, you know, we'll have you on towards the end because that's when all the money comes in Uh anyway. So I was like, you know, it's low, but it's not impossible. You get a couple bigger donors in there and we could make up the uh, the the. um, you know, make up the distance. But even when we got close, I'm like, I don't know if we can make up this much distance. I but I, I was like, you know what? But being defeatist, it doesn't, it doesn't help us no, get to the doesn't. end. So it I was like, you know what? And I had that talk with you, Graham. I was like, if it's gonna, if it's gonna make it or not make it, let it not be because we left something out. Like right. we left some, we left some effort off the table. Mm-hmm. We're like, we gave up too early. There was one stone uh, that we did leave unturned. So it was like, let's do everything we possibly can, extra episodes, um, everything from bugging our friends to going on as many shows as we can. And then if it really didn't go, we can honestly say we did everything we could. And when I woke up Monday morning, I woke up a little <laughs> before eight, and I I turned my phone off. Yeah. When I sleep, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm not turning it on. Yeah. Until I go every morning, I go on my roof and I I read, I meditate, and I practice my katana as any American would. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and I said, because I, I go, I need, and it's a half hour, and I go, I'm taking this half hour before I turn my phone. I am not. Yes, that was smart. I need this. I'm going to get centered, and I was like, I'm going to turn it on, and I'm going to check. And then I'm going to go to my yoga classes at nine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ride my bike to yoga. <laughs> and I checked it and we were at like 95 grand. And I was like, okay, it's not going to happen. And Chris sent me a text going, don't go to yoga. We're going to, we got two hours. We're going to, and I was like, and I literally had my bike helmet on, my yoga mat in my backpack. And I was, and I threw my helmet down. I was like, God damn it. I'm going to fucking lose yoga for this bullshit. Cause I'm like, if I don't go to yoga and it doesn't fund, I'm going to fucking go crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to change my address. Yeah. I was like, He's gonna find me. <laughs> so we we and I called Chris and I and he was like Graham we got it and I was like okay let's do it let's do it I'm not quitting We're and not. we we literally stayed there every minute and we did it the, as much as we could I sent out updates emails to podcasters and and even the podcasters like if they were available the last two hours I saw the tweets the Facebook blasts hey help out we're we're was, almost there it was crazy the tweets and stuff we got I mean Joey McIntyre tweeted a couple of days ago. And all these, I picked up like a bunch of female fans because they were all just like, hi, Joey. Well, sure. This looks good. You know, like. Yeah. My phone was blowing up. (laughs) If it'll make you happy. (laughs) It was a lot of that. You're adorable, Joey. This thing's thing's fun. You know, like, are you going to be in it? Because then we'll watch it. Um, And a couple of people were like, oh, this those guys from that podcast you did when they they watched the live stream or whatever. So it was. I was calling out all the stops. You got to call out every single so favorite. Everybody that that donated and got a part of this, you all are now new kids on the block fans. Yes. NKOTB for life. All right. Yeah, I just live in the generation when I like told everybody that they had like no idea what I was talking. About. <laughs> I was like, he's in a band, and they're like, what else? I was like, ah, yeah, he was on like Boston Public. 
And yeah. like, <laughs> he was in the heat. Yeah. yeah. Who, did, who did he open for? Yeah. 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 They're, they're, and they're ramping up for a European tour. So he's like huge, crazy huge. busy. Yeah. Um, and everybody, man, Aisha, Kevin Pollack, everybody, all these people. They, everyone stepped up. Yeah. And that's the only way we could have gotten this done Fuck. with the support of everyone. And, you know, you guys, you guys did it, man. So you stepped up and helped us out and then we pulled it off. And now we're going to make an amazing movie. So now what we're going to start doing is we're going to take uh, probably close to three weeks or so to start planning out. Do some pre, it's called uh, pre-production. Pre-production to figure out what the tour schedules, uh, well, not tour, but the, the travel shooting schedule, how we're going to get these interviews. I've collected all the emails you guys have sent. And, and we're going to lock in the rest of the uh, crew. Lock in the rest of the crew. Um, the main thing is the, is figuring out the travel, where we can go, because we can't go everywhere and interview everybody, but we got to pick some like key spots where we can like get a lot of interviews in one area. Um, and uh, and obviously, there's a lot of interviews we need to do in L.A., but that's going to be a little easier to plan. Than, yes. Than mm-hmm. the, and there's no real expense with that, um, or not a huge expense with that, rather. Um, still got to feed Keith. Still got to feed Keith. <laughs> yeah, feed me my friends. Yeah. We're going to just throw them yeah, trail mix for their rap battles. As I've said, like, I love Arby's, so if we can get some Yes, there. that's been a so recurring we'll theme. Try, we'll yeah. try to get Arby's. Theme. Yeah, well, maybe we'll, we'll uh, get I'll, some product placement. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll I don't, yes. We could do yeah. some interviews in front of an Arby's. We're clearly have no scruples with regards to how we whore out and promote. So if there's anybody who's Arby's, um, uh, we'll pay Keith in sandwiches. Um, (laughs) Five for five. Five for five. (laughs) It applies to more than sandwiches, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Arby's is is an atmosphere, really. It really is. It's a a way of life. Yeah, it's a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. No, but honestly, like my dad, like he got me like really into it as a kid because it was like the one place that like it was like the fast food that we couldn't go to because my mom was like too disgusted with it <laughs> and then he was like he was like this will be like our secret and mm-hmm. then he like started this like fetish with arby's that i have right? wow yeah that wow. sounds creepy it's really the sad way. it's really <laughs> sad. your it's, dad was like i want you to be morbidly obese yeah and <laughs> he was like you can either be a mets fan or you can like arby's and i chose the latter. <laughs> i think mets fair fan enough and painful Ugh. i'm a cubs fan um so, so that's what we're, uh, and we'll be updating you guys periodically, not only through the Kickstarter website, but mostly through uh, this podcast, and we'll let you mm-hmm. know kind of what's going on and where we're at and where we're going. Let's talk about some movies. Let us talk about some films. Um, you know what? We should let our um, producer go first. Yeah. Uh, our, what movie did you see this weekend, Keith? I saw Pompeii 3D. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Thank and God. I, and I I'm say, so sorry. I say 3D because I saw it in 3D. Because I was like, if there, it, like I got to see this the way it was meant to be seen. And I think I did. Which is not at all. Well, yeah, which is not <laughs> at all. I was given the choice of I, Frankenstein, and that. and uh, Wow. Um, so, uh, yeah. That so this is, was where you were on a date? Or, yeah. or, or, or was it a rap battle? Was that the uh, third choice? It was, it was, you it lost was, a rap battle? It was, <laughs> it was a couple friends that, that just don't have good choices. But I like to go to the movie. Like, I love that experience. And we're in that kind of time of year where like, there's not a reason to. Like, all the good movies that are out, sure. like, I've seen or like, my friends have screeners of because I work in the industry. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> so all that's left is kind of like the garbage that they throw out. So like the next, I saw the Lego movie, and that, I, that was like the most excited I've been Lego in a long time. It was great. It was Lego so movie was so fantastic. Like, next one I'm really excited for is The Raid 2, and uh, Ooh, that'll come yeah. out. I think 
in like a month, but I've been that's that's just like ninja porn to me because I don't I, I don't watch that many martial arts movies, but when I saw that in theaters, the first one, it just. It was like me and six other guys, and we all clapped at the same time. Dude, the raid is awesome. I, I was losing it. And they're, they're trying to remake it in America now. And they want to get the Hemsworth brothers, Thor. And, oh, okay. and I'm like, there's no way that even if you train those guys for a year. They're, no. They're yeah. never going to be that great. It's going to be a quick cut action movie. It's not gonna, they, yeah. they even offered the director to make the remake, and he said, no, I'm going to stay here and make a sequel. Well, the coolest, with, with the yeah. best martial artists yeah. on the on the yeah. planet, like <laughs> the coolest thing that, that I read is that the director had the the second one written, and he wanted that to be the movie that he made, and he couldn't get the budget for it, so he wrote a prequel to it, which was the raid that we saw, and he got the budget, and then it was a success. So now he got like ten times that amount, gets to make the movie that. So it's not like a sequel that he's just like this was a hit and let's like money like, grab. Like this is what he wanted from the start. And every trailer that I've seen and like from the stuff I saw it from Sundance, I've, I've been like losing it. Oh, cool. Yeah, but back to, to what's see. important. Yeah, Pompeii. Pompeii three D. Yeah. Okay. So With- first of all, no spoiler, but how does it end? Um, <laughs> do they survive? Yeah, do they it, make it out of the volcano? Yeah, yeah. Do, they, do they reach the submarine? Not, n- not since Lone Survivor, I think, is there like a, been a bigger spoiler in a movie. <laughs> Everybody doesn't make it. And I went I, like, I went and read some of the message boards afterwards, and I read some people. It's like, why did this character have to die? I'm like, it's Pompeii. Yeah. Like, did like, you, did you, what did you yeah. do in history class? Yeah, yeah like, like it's not Dante's Peak. This is Pompeii. <laughs> this, is, this is a real volcano. But, wait, wait. Dante's Peak wasn't a real uh, historical it's event? weird. Okay. I will say this. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Wow. So, but I'm not giving it any endorsement. It was – they saved – the, my only huge problem with like I went because I just want to see like a disaster movie and or a disaster of are you yeah. are you disaster. I'm a big Game of Thrones okay fan, so the lead guy so, is from Game of Thrones yeah but I don't think there was enough marketing where anybody gave a shit about like nobody was like Kiefer I'm going for Kiefer Sutherland like, <laughs> yeah. no I, no one knew he was in it oh man, well, I don't I didn't know why he was in it I was watching it and I'm like who gave him this this is like a you bolt film. <laughs> and uh, uh, Kit Harrington was cool. They did a cool thing with the story. Like it's basically just Titanic meets Gladiator. They set up this like I don't want to spoiler. Uh, like Kit <laughs> Harrington, you, you can uh, spoil this movie. Is like in like as a child witnesses like all of his family be massacred, and he like grows up as a slave. And by a volcano, so now yeah, he's going to get volcano, a vengeance by a volcano. <laughs> That's and, the Bruce Wayne, of- and then he falls in like. Like when he grows up, he falls in love with this like rich woman. So that's where like the like poor guy and a rich woman, and then Kiefer Sutherland is like the ruthless ruler that's like trying to take over that area. And they, my only problem is that they saved. My big problem is that they saved the volcano for like the end battle scene. Like there, it was it was ninety minutes of like like nobody's even talking about the volcano. Like. It's it's like people are in this. It's other like waiting world. for the ship to sink yeah. in Titanic. Yeah. Uh, there was the the one the one guy I really liked uh, was this guy I cannot pronounce his name, so I'm not going to try to. But he played Mr. Kiefer Echo. Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> Nobody played Mr. Echo on Lost. He has like oh Adewale. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And he Edgyofer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ado, uh, the guy that's Ado- not Idris Elba. Yeah, yeah. Adewale Akinyoye. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, the yeah. guy. He was the guy who was awesome in. Um, the prison, the uh, HBO prison show. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. 
Oz. I know which Oz. Oz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, was amazing yeah, in he Oz, was and then that. he was great as Mr. Echo in Lost. I was like, it's yeah, either The Wire or Oz yeah, or yeah. Trem, and I don't even know how to correctly say that yeah. show. But no, but it it was a bad movie. Like it was garbage, but it was. It looked better. It was better to me than I think they put out like a Hercules movie. Like, a did month it look ago. like a green screen movie? Like, were the effects really cheap? No, too? no, the effects looked cool, but they it was total CG. Like, I can tell you in a lot of shots, there's like hundreds of people you could see. Like, like the, those shots weren't like those are all CG people. And right. I, I worked on Battleship, so I know what CG people look like. <laughs> and and uh, but it wasn't. That it it was not bad enough that I was like I checked out like I like Game of Thrones so so that guy was cool and they made him more of a badass than he is on Game of Thrones. But well, let me ask you this: Was it worth seeing it? In, did the three D make it better? Did, no, no? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like what I I don't mind the three D now as long as it's bright enough. That's my like biggest problem is that it, like I saw Prometheus in. 3D and it was so dark. 3D can drop the film down by like two f stops. Yeah, it but really can. With IMAX, it's always good because, because they have a certain. Yeah, um, it's like legal that like they yeah. can't be called an IMAX unless they project right. at like a certain. There's like, a certain yeah. standard where the uh, bulb has to be a certain brightness, so, so or you're it can't be an IMAX movie. You ne- if you're going to see 3D, just see it in IMAX. Otherwise. Well, some of, <laughs> I don't know if it's available. Y- you know what? Some of the <laughs> some of the theaters. It depends on the theater. Some of yeah. them drop if the bulb is too low, but some of them actually like will get the bulb the right yeah. uh, uh, at the right level. But you know, IMAX. The only the difference is IMAX makes sure. Yeah. They, All right. They have so to. then, so let, so let me ask you. So then, Pompeii. Are you saying if you have nothing to do because it's February and you to go see it in two D if you want to kill two hours? If you like the movies that. Paul W.S. Anderson, yeah. the guy Death that's Rays, not F- the yeah. Paul Anderson that makes good movies, <laughs> the guy that made like Mortal Kombat and yeah. the, all the Resident Evils. If you like Resident Evil, then you'll like the movie. Uh, if you like, if you watch the trailer and you want to see it, then you'll like the movie. I feel like, uh, yeah, okay. it's it's it, like it auto like I automatically knew what the audience. So the trailer was. is not misrepresenting the movie. No, it's, <laughs> the, it's the people that that would go see Fast Six but have nothing to do in January, February. So this is the this is like what they want to see. It was all like this. It was it was you know, very it was a very young crowd. That makes anyway. sense, but I still think you're being a little generous. Yeah. I I, I <laughs> well, if you're young and stupid, it's a it's a hashtag work it. And if it's a, if if you have yeah, a brain, yeah. then it's a leave it. Don't send me like a lot of messages saying like I like Pompeii. Like I had that choice and also like three days to kill, which I think is like that new the Kevin, Kevin Costner, Costner movie. Oh, that is boring. And I would see Pompeii again before I go see the Kevin yeah, Costner. Yeah, yeah. I heard movie. Doug Benson and I saw him uh Last night at the Sleep Rager concert that we went to, oh, and nice. he's, he said he fell asleep during Three Days to Kill. <laughs> oh my god! That I like. I saw I saw Wolf of Wall Street at the Vista like a month and a half ago, and the only trailers that they showed were three Kevin Costner movies, and I was wow, I was, I was really? Like, it was like Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. He's got this movie out. Oh man, I'm like. Did he get Post and Kevin Costner? Right did he now. just get audited or something? Or he got, oh, no. or he, or he got a new agent? He's, he's got like dr- this right. movie called Draft Day, which is like looks like the most boring football themed movie yeah, in, yeah. in the world. And then he's no. got Three Days to Kill, which looks like a less interesting. Kevin Costner is one of those stars that old Hollywood is still enamored with, but new audiences don't give a shit. Yeah, he was I mean, the worst part of Man of Steel. He, he really. The thing about Kevin Costner is he's one of those guys that needs a Ben Affleck. Uh, makeover where it's like do something different direct yeah. a different type of movie play a different character do something that reinvents yeah, yourself I don't, at I don't this think point. you ever will I think he's like you said he's this old Hollywood guard 
and is just going to like, well, I need to... I'm going to ride it out. I need to ride it out. (laughs) I need to pay for my expensive lifestyle that I've had for the last 25, 30 years. So, all right, Jack Ryan, done. This is my rate. Mm-hmm. And this will pay for my Malibu house yep. and Pa yeah. Kent, fine. Yeah, <laughs> pull like a Kevin Spacey, like like become just like go do a good TV show. Oh yeah, it's it's a not a bad plan to follow. That's yeah. for sure. All right, so let's move on to uh, okay. Wind rises. The wind rises. Um, this is an amazingly beautiful film. This is Miyazaki's last film, and the first thing I'll see by uh, as I was watching it, like I said, it's PG thirteen. It's a touchstone movie. And it's not a kid's movie. I'm not going to take my kids to see it. And not because there's anything horribly offensive in it, but it's an animated drama and, and basically a historical piece that my kids would ultimately be bored. Yeah, they'd be, bored. They'd be yeah. over their head and bored. Yeah, and it's about a um, an aer- aeronautical engineer that was designing airplanes for World War II. And it goes through his life. And as I'm watching this movie, it also reminded me of um kurosawa's last film dreams if you remember that movie it was kind of a swan song to not only himself his career and also uh like a homage to almost like japan in a way and the history of the country and because there was a lot of things that was not only about the subject matter but also about himself was in this movie the movie was very ethereal and dreamlike there was a lot of dream sequences in it. There was uh, like some loose ends that really didn't quite tie up. And I realized after I was watching the movie, no, that's intentional. This is really, it, it's like we're kind of picking parts of this person's life. And also we're watching um, some of the filmmaker's life being reflected in this movie as a final film. Oh, that's cool. So it's really, really cool. And it's a lot of adult themes. Like they're going through like, well, who's Japan going to bomb? And they're like, America. Pretty much. You know, that's where we're going to go. And they send him Spoiler to... Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. They send him <laughs> History to... History buffs. You know, they send him to Germany to learn, because Japan was very, very far behind technologically. And they sent him to Germany to learn the technology of their, um, you know, steel and metal, you know, planes. And it goes through all these um, different parts of his life, his friends, and also, you know, he falls in love with a girl who has tuberculosis, who coughs up a fair amount of blood that, you know, children would have to uh, uh, be uh, explained about what tuberculosis was and why it's not quite a problem as it was back then. Mm -hmm. Um, So it goes through all these parts of his life, but the the dream imagery and the animation is absolutely, it's breathtaking. It really is. And even though, like, you know, like Doug Benson was saying, too, the anime is a bit simpler, like the designs, like it's not like really full detail oriented, but it's still, it's breathtaking. Yeah. L- let me ask you this, because I think, weren't, weren't you saying there's there's two versions? There's a sub a Japanese voice subtitled version? Yes. And, an Amer- and did you see the American voice? I saw hashtag? the American version with hashtag JGL, and I will say that's the weakest part of watching this film. He was miscast. As much as I love JGL... But you have uh, basically it's his kind of like tough boy, cool kind of like not a lot of emoting in the actual voice that did not fit this Japanese auto aeronautical engineer at all. It really it was so woefully miscast. And, you know, there's a lot of good actors that can't do animation. There really are. It's just it's a, it was it's a different skill. It's a different skill. He was miscast. So uh, <laughs> I will recommend if you see it subtitled, see it subtitled. Now, most of Miyazaki's movies they're cast very well for the American voices. This one that really kind of missed the mark, even like some of the female voices were okay, but I felt like this, they, they missed it because they were, it, it's not a kid's movie. It's an animated drama casted as such. Okay. So, so, but overall, uh, this is a work it overall. It's definitely a work it. And it's a great, like, especially if you're fans of his movies and to kind of see like his 
dreams to kind of see his uh, tribute to Japan, his own life, animation, movie making. And what was interesting, too, is like historically accurate. It was like to give you an example of not only when you see like the uh, the streets, the vehicles and everything, but in Japan, when they were gearing up for World War Two, even the designs of like the aircraft carriers were different. Like an aircraft carrier in Japan, the entire top was um, there was no towers. It was just the landing strip, the takeoff and landing Mm -hmm. where you had everything underneath. And that was reflected in the animation. So it was like all this little detail, even in the animation was there. That's awesome, man. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see this. Um, and you're obviously saying, if you can, see it on the big screen. You know what? It is one of those very rare limited. animated movies. It's a very limited release that is really – it'll wash over you on a big screen. It's very slow-moving. Like I said, it's – it's go to it knowing that it's an animated drama. Well, that's the thing, too. And I, I think this is this – is, you know, we've obviously talked about this before. But when a movie has a slower pace, but it's – it's, it works. It's part of the film, like you say. You, yes. You wash over it. That's when you need to be in a theater and be completely yeah. No, distra- no sub- distractions. No distractions. Yeah. You yeah. be completely mm-hmm. in that in that air and be taken into that world. Because- like, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like kind of the only way I can go see animated movies. Like I, if I didn't see Frozen in theaters and I would have watched it when it came out, it, I wouldn't have liked it nearly as much. Right, because right. you would have been yeah. distracted at home yeah. and the phone rings and you pause it or whatever, yeah. and, and it's like. So, and I really think this is going to win the Academy Award now. Now that I've seen between really? this and Frozen, I really do. I think this is going to win just because of the legacy involved. It's his last movie. Yeah. Even though Frozen is great, um, I think the Academy Award is going to go to this one. Wow. Mm-hmm. I hope you're right. I mean, and I love Frozen. I yeah. love Frozen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay. Well, let's. One of the things um, that we want to talk about today, which was in the middle of this um, exciting Kickstarter. You know, which was so, uh, you know, heart pounding, stressful, but ultimately exciting was we all at various times saw on Twitter feeds or whatever that Harold Ramis had died. Yeah, he passed away. And it was like, Mm -hmm. it was, I didn't even know how to process that in the middle of that craziness. I was like bummed that one, you know, it's a hero. Like I grew Mm -hmm. up watching this guy. And so we wanted to. to And watching his writing. I mean, he wasn't (sighs) just an actor. And so we wanted to all talk about some of our favorite uh, Harold Ramis movies. So, um, I mean, writer, director, actor. I mean, he, um, uh, he. I mean, he did it all, and he did it all well. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. he was he was he was so great. And I just I always get upset when uh, the last movie that like one of those guys does is like kind of a like. Mel Brooks is going to die and Dracula Dead and Loving It is going to be the last movie that he made. <laughs> well, you know what, though? I think the way I look at that is the way I, I look at sports heroes of mine. Like, I don't remember Michael Jordan playing for the Washington Wizards. I do. Because <laughs> I was there. <laughs> you were there. I, yeah, you were that was there. like a big thing for me. Well, I grew up in Chicago. Do you remember him in Space Jam? Yeah, I do. Oh, amazing. my God. Spe- shout out to Space Jam. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out to Space Jam. Well, there's a there's a song online that is a mix of everything is awesome from the Lego movie and the Space Jam theme. If you can find it, I think it's uh it's like everything is Slam Jam or something, but it is the be- it, it's my favorite song right now. <laughs> it is my favorite. Cuz to me like as these athletes like here we are uh 50 years later, nobody is talking about when Johnny Unitas Played for the San Diego yeah, Chargers. Yeah, it, it, that, that memory goes away. So I think I think that's 
No, I'm, like, I, was going, like, I don't think year one is going to haunt Harold Ramis. No, I don't think everyone's yeah. going, remember Wagons East with John yeah. Candy? Like, everyone's... But I will say, I still talk about Wilt Chamberlain and Conan the Destroyer. <laughs> Which was golden. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. I will always remember him in that awesome role. he's awesome in that. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so, um, I want to, you know, we'll, we'll each go around. Keith, what are your, some of your favorite Harold Ramis movies? Either written, directed, acted, whatever. Yeah, well, my dad, like, made me watch all that. Like, my dad made me watch Three Stooges, Abbott and Costello, made me watch all the 70s and 80s movies that he loves so like i remember at an early age like the first and i don't want to i love stripes but i remember i would watch the first half of stripes like oh like before they go to russia and the scene where he's like where harold is uh, like teaching everybody english it is like one i is one of those scenes that like i never laugh hard son of beach shit (laughs) and and he wrote he wrote on like animal house he wrote he like all those movies that shape my sense of humor and like my dad's sense of humor and just what like that and Caddyshack Groundhog's Day and I was like a comedy nerd about it like I I knew all the details of like him and Bill Murray's feud during like I I was like a super nerd about it they had a feud yeah during Groundhog's Day like apparently Bill Murray was going through a divorce and they were like with Harold Ramis with Harold (laughs) Ramis I don't I'm not, but it was uh, like I was always interested in him and I like even when year one came out like I was a big supporter of that. I was like, there's Jack Black, Michael Sarah, like it's Harold Ramis. Like it's Harold Ramis. And uh I think too, I mean, just to he also the last things he actually just directed in general were episodes of The Office in two thousand ten. He 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 uh, directed the delivery part too. So you can you can yeah. have that be your last memory okay, as opposed okay. to year that, one. That's way better. That's way better. Because you saying year one is a bunch of people are going, what was that? Yeah. I was excited for that movie like a year before. Like when I right. heard the details of it, I was like, that is the best concept. Like I'll, I'm totally in. Cause I love like history of the world part one and like all those mm-hmm. movies. And if you could do like, I just love that form of satire. It's not done anymore. Like you don't see movies like airplane anymore or movies like, mm-hmm. go, like even if Spoofs. they made, yeah, even if they made a new ghostbusters, it wouldn't be no way. the mm-hmm. same thing. Uh-uh. Like you can't just get three Jewish guys and one black guy. Well, they are still called the new ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they are still doing spoofs. They're just not nearly as compelling. Well, you know, you all these haunted house. Movies oh yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. And that like ghostbusters was the first sort of like big budget comedy because like, Bill Murray had gotten huge and Aykroyd with those guys were huge. That role, Bill Murray's role was written for John Belushi or Jim, uh, John Belushi. Who, <laughs> not, not thank Jim. God, not ooh, Jim. Ooh, sorry. Um, <laughs> and, but then of course he died. Uh, so to me, like I'm looking at his, his directing list, Caddyshack, National Lampoon's Vacation, Club Paradise, which is a bomb. Um, uh, Groundhog Day. I think, I mean, these are Caddyshack, Vacation, Groundhog Day are some of the best comedies that I've ever, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I was raised on. And Caddyshack was a huge one. Caddyshack. First boobs I ever saw. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the great thing, if you talk about the feuds, Caddyshack, because when, if you read the History of Saturday Night Live book, which is a great book, and also it's, uh, they cover this a little bit in, in Wired, but everyone, you know, like Dan Eric and all those guys are like, were so against Wired coming out, even though it's like, Mm, it's more than that. You guys just don't like the fact you all were doing way too much drugs and nobody told John Belushi to stop. Um, uh, you enabled it, maybe. So maybe you don't like that book. Um, but Murderers. Murderers, murderers. <laughs> um, but I think, like, on Caddyshack, 
uh, Chevy Chase was in like the first season of Saturday Night Live and became huge overnight success. And um, it kind of went to his head a little bit according to this uh, the, the history of Saturday Night Live book. And so then Bill Murray got brought on. He was a young upstart. And then, and then uh, Chevy Chase came back to guest host and they literally – like he challenged Bill Murray. Bill Murray's, you know, an Irish kid from Chicago that got into a fist fight like Bill Murray – like – it was. It was. This is like the early days of Saturday Night Live when it was crazy. I would right. pay to see that fight. Wouldn't you? So, <laughs> yeah. It's oh on my god! We should kickstart that. Should, <laughs> never say those words again. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so Caddyshack, that scene between Bill Murray and and Chevy Chase was the like bearing of the hatchet. Like it was, and and Harold Ramis was sort of a part of that. Like, okay, guys. Saturday Night Live's over. Let's settle this. And, you know, it was that scene. They just improvised that, like, catching a late night or something, Ty? Like, that scene, which I could say those lines over and over. Um, you know, it's a cross between California Sense of Me and Kentucky Bluegrass. Uh, the great thing about this, you can play 36 holes and get stoned to the bejesus out of you. And, uh, you know, the pool, well, pool, pond, pond would be good for you. Yeah, natural springs. Like, all of that shit was largely improvised, and it was sort of their, like, bearing in the hatchet, shaking hands. And so that's, like, a significant moment in, to me in, like, the history of comedy. Yeah. Um, and Harold Ramis was a part of that. Well, Harold Ramis, too, if you, you go back even past movies, I mean, he was part of SCTV yeah. a long time ago. Which is, yeah, and that and, uh, like, Kids in the Hall, like... If you ever check those out... For sure, yeah. man. SCTV. SCTV, Monty Python, and they definitely shaped our comedy, there's no question. And, uh, you know, he was in... Uh, he was in movies like uh, uh, Orange County, you know, which was sort of... Uh, Unique the the parts that he I'm going through his his he made that movie too like he yeah yeah his his um the actor the stuff he was in uh, he did like knocked up he, those right as good as it gets he's got a small part in that um and then uh Groundhog Day's got a small part but to me um you so know, what's your favorite then mine yeah it would have to be Stripes yeah okay. like it's, I, it's I love that movie so much. It, it's it's like, you know, Bill Murray. Um, it's going to Russia. It's like going to Wisconsin. I got the shit kicked out of me in Wisconsin once. Like all that stuff. Um, that that movie like taught me a lot of stuff. Like it taught me what holding meant. Like he's like, hey man, you holding? I had to like ask my dad. I was like twelve years old. I'm like, dad, what's holding? And he's like. <sighs> Don't worry about it. It's uh, <laughs> not a joke that pertains to you. <laughs> the scene, the scene where they first get there and Judge Reinhold is like the drug addict. He's like, hey, man, you got any drugs? And Harold Ramis is just nodding his head mockingly. Yeah, man. yeah, man. Like he's just it's so fucking funny. Or when um, they're uh, <laughs> he's sitting next to John Candy when they're they're all talking about each other, and John Candy's like, yeah, I need to lose a fuck couple pounds, and I'm and just Harold Ramis is. is the faces he's making, he's not saying a word, yeah, he's, and he's fucking hilarious. Yeah. He's almost stealing the scene from John Candy. And John Candy's very funny in that movie. And when he's like, you know, so I thought, join the army. And Harold is next to him just going like, 
Oh yeah, you like yeah. <laughs> it's try it's fucking uh, the like. I think I remember the best is the is the Francis joke. It's the guy that wants to be called Psycho. Yeah, and he's and he's just like, if you touch me, my stuff, I'll, I'll kill, kill you. You guys you call me Francis, I'll kill you. It's like, yeah, yeah. quiet down, pipe Francis. down, Francis. Yeah, call me Francis. Psycho. I mean, that's what we would say to each other in high school yeah. every time someone yeah. we get a pipe down, Francis. Yeah, lighten up, and they go, any you homos touch me? It was so great, and you know that scene. Was largely improvised, and Bill Murray does the whole thing about Sergeant Holka. And he, All right, push-ups. Like <laughs> the whole movie is great. Like any of you suckles want to come up here and try to knock me off? Yeah. Like, um, and uh, um, and just the at the end of Stripes. When they're showing all the magazine covers, yeah. Oh, it, if you freeze frame and all of those, read those. It's it's I love stuff like that, like the little stuff, like that you that you is not like Harold the, Ramis yeah. is on the cover of Guns and Ammo, and the quote it's his, his name was his last name was Zitsky in that movie. And it's yeah. Zitsky quote: "The Russians are pussies." <laughs> that's the, <laughs> he's on the cover of Guns and Ammo. So funny because he was the guy when. When Bill Murray's gonna leave, and he's yeah. like, "You fucking you made me talk come here! You, me you made me come here! What are you talking about?" He's like, "I'm bringing you down with me." <laughs> I gotta see that movie again. I don't remember the magazine covers. All oh, that movie. Also, good boobs. There was like Great those guys scene. like gave me the like so many awesome boob experiences. Yeah. I don't even appre- like I don't appreciate it anymore. My friends wanted to watch like Orange Is the New Black. I was watching, and I was like. The nudity just doesn't have the effect on me that it that it like used to. Like now, it's just too much. Yeah, I would watch it's the because Sopran- it's on every channel. Now. I would watch the Sopranos just because I was like, I knew that like they're going to go to a strip club at some point. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are going to go. My uh, and my favorite um, movie that he directed. I mean, I love Caddyshack. I love, but it to me is Groundhog Day because yeah. it was such a great, uh, innovative concept. To put all these basically just sketches together. Like that's the problem of a lot of comedy movies. We talk about this. They fit funny little scenes or little yeah. jokes or sketches. But they don't, there's no through There's line. no through line. Yeah. It was an amazing through line. And that Bill Murray's character starts out as an asshole. He's a hilarious – Bill Murray is a hilarious asshole. asshole. Mm-hmm. He's the best asshole. Chris Elliott too. Chris great. Elliott was great yeah, in it. So good. Uh, Stephen Toblowski, the insurance salesman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, um, And then uh, – the transformation that Bill Murray has is like, well, he's got direct, he's got uh, acting chops. I mean, it's not just that he's funny. You mm-hmm. can, you can believe him. I mean, you look at a movie like lost in translation where you see that, you know, he can really do both and you believe him as both. And I, I think, uh, that to me is my favorite. Harold. I, I think I'm going to go with, uh, ghostbusters. Ghostbusters was my favorite. I'm going to tell you why, because growing up, I've always been a huge fantasy science fiction fan i've loved i've devoured books movies whatever and i've always been a comedy fan and when i saw ghostbusters i thought this is the first big movie that i've seen that combines them both so well Mm -hmm. because ghostbusters sometimes doesn't get the credit for being a solid science fiction movie too and it really is because it's got its own rules it sets everything up and it's a solid science fiction movie from beginning to end it just happens to be hilarious and uh so when you look at like Ivan Reitman and Harold Ramis and everybody that worked on that movie together, because you know it was kind of a group effort, they all kind right. of worked on it together, right. is um, as much attention was paid to the laughs as it was to actually putting together a solid science fiction story. And 
you know, the sequel's not as much, but the first one, and to me, it was like, it was groundbreaking. It was like everything I want that I loved, it was in one movie. I got to laugh. I got to see Mm -hmm. fantasy science fiction elements, you know, ghosts. And uh, I thought from start to finish, everything from like, you know, a giant monster battle at the end. um, I thought it was, it it really made an effect, effect on me where you could also see it was like proof positive that, you could bend genres. Yeah, you it, could mix. Because it was actually scary. Fiction. Like It's yeah, still yeah. scary. If I see books like stacked up to a ceiling, that creeps the hell yeah. out of me. And, and, it, and there, was, there was real stakes in it. Like, yes. oh shit. This is, for, this is not like jokey time. It's like, this is happening. We, now we have to, you know, we opened a portal to another dimension. With, Let, let's excuse evil. the second yeah. one. And just yeah. The yeah, yeah. yeah, it's definitely, the, the rest was kind of money grabbing. By the way, by the way, time. bringing it around, Bill Murray and Ivan Reitman worked on Space Jam. So, oh, uh, look at you, buddy, <laughs> weaving that tapestry. So, and the other thing that gave me such an appreciation for this film is when you bend and mix genres like that, especially when you add comedy to anything comedy horror, comedy science fiction, comedy fantasy. So hard. It is so hard. So it is hard. such a razor's edge mm-hmm. with Bill Murray. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> Which was his deal. Bill Murray. They they're like all right you got to do ghost you know they wanted him to keep doing right. stripes and Groundhog Day or, or uh, stripes and Caddyshack and they wanted and he goes here's Ghostbusters he goes, okay I'll do Ghostbusters but I get to do Razor's Edge yes yeah. and it was it was smart and one it was for a, them one for me and yeah. it was uh, so it, it, I thought it it just succeeded beautifully on every level that it really made an impact on me that movie and, and can this be the like the final nail in the coffin for ghostbusters 3 like it it's been in development for so long they like it's done like egon's gone yeah don't bill do murray it. wants to be a ghost if this movie the only living character is dan Aykroyd and ernie hudson then i don't know who's on board for yeah. that but i just just let it die let it go it's, it's gone it's gone it's gone favorite movie that he directed chris hmm you know it's hard to beat uh like you were saying, uh, wait, did he direct? He directed Stripes, right? Uh, or was it no? I think that might have been Reitman. Yeah, that no, was Reitman. Reitman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good Stripes. It was. Uh, let me go with this. Harold Ramis. I'll show you his directing list. Yeah, yeah. Let me see. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I think I gotta go with Groundhog Day too. Although yeah, it's it's yeah, close that, to Caddyshack. You know what's interesting? That bedazzled remake that he did direct. Um, Wait, it, he did that? He, they did the remake with and, uh, Brendan Fraser. Yes, with Brendan Fraser. It's saw that on my birthday. Not, not a great movie. However, I would suggest if you were at all interested in like kind of the story, go see the original with Dudley Moore. It's absolutely hysterical. I have not seen that. No, yeah. I feel like but uh, bedazzled me. was one of those movies that you could remake it, but mm-hmm. it's you got to do a little better job. Uh, it's just it wasn't structured properly, and but go go see the original, be dazzled. But uh, I would say um, I've got to go with Groundhog Day too. I want to I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a a sort of uh, hidden gem of Harold Ramis, and just a mm-hmm. hidden gem comedy that just never was a big breakout that he directed in 1996, Multiplicity with uh, Michael Keaton. And oh, Andy I remember Paul. that movie. Remember. Yeah, that movie has so many great little subtle moments. And it got, a lot of it is, is, is Keaton, but it's also Harold Ramis's direction. The multiplicity, you know, he finds a guy that gets cloned, and that's the joke. And there's all these different versions of his, because his life is too busy. Another Andy McDowell, right? Another, and there was Andy McDowell's yeah. wheelhouse in the 90s. Yeah, always she, playing the, her and Ramis. Yeah. They must have loved each other. Um, well, there's a scene where Michael Keaton goes, he sees an ad in the paper like, is your life too busy? We can help. 
and his life is crazy, runs his own construction business. So he goes to meet with this doctor and the doctor's talking, oh, we could do this. And then the doctor's kind of talking around it, and the doctor finally says, um, we can clone. And Michael Keaton goes, so you mean you can make another person? The doctor goes, yes, we can. Michael Keaton goes, okay, well, I'm going to go. Uh, and it's such a great moment where he just goes in his head. He's like, oh, this guy's shit nuts. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and then an actual clone comes out and he's like, oh my God. And then there's another thing like some boss of his or some Michael is always is, is gunning for him. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets the clone, he's getting more work done. And he's, the boss shows up. And and Michael he, and the boss is sort of like holy shit I've been trying to gun for Michael Keaton to get him out of here, but he's he's being more productive. And Michael Keaton just goes whatever the guy's name is like Steve. He's like oh another half day Steve. Like he's just he just throws out these little jobs. You know what I mean? And uh, um, a lot of people also forget that like Michael Keaton was a comedian. Like I was raised with yeah. him. I wasn't. It wasn't until I was older that my my dad told me, and I like he was good stand up too. Yeah, like, yeah, a long he, time ago, he was great. He, he was great in so many of those films. He was hilarious, man. What a night shift. Night shift is so fucking funny, man. And also, uh, uh, Her- uh, Eugene Levy is in Multiplicity, who plays this, who plays a great character of a guy who's. Uh, a slacker who's always late and always a fuck up. And there's it's like a- when you, if you've ever first saw Eugene Levy in uh, American Pie, he's got a long resume before there. Yeah, yeah SCTV guys, mm-hmm. go watch it again. You see Joe Flaherty, oh. John Candy. You'll see a lot of uh, even Rick Martin Moranis. Short- Rick Moranis. There's my favorite Rick Moranis thing I think I've ever seen him do. Is was Martin it? Short in there too? Yeah, Martin Maybe, Short. Yeah, yeah. Martin Short is on there. Um, is uh, Rick Moranis? You know they they would. SCTV, they would do it like it's an actual TV. Yeah. And they would, this is back in the, back in the day, kids, uh, TV stations would go off the air and they would play the national anthem at like one or two in the morning. And it would be off the air for like four or five hours until the morning news came and it would just be snow. It'd just be fuzz. So yeah. they'd play the national anthem and it would be over. So they go, and now to conclude today's broadcasting, here's uh, Mel Torme to sing the national anthem. <laughs> and it's Rick Moranis. And he goes, Oh, say, can you see by the domes early, long, and lean and tense? It's fucking hilarious. If you don't know who that is, first Google Mel Torme, listen to Mel Torme, and then watch that. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, that show is great. Like, I didn't, I didn't find that until I became like a pretty heavy comedy nerd. But mm-hmm. no, more people, like nobody knows. I feel like nobody knows about that show. No, like anymore, they don't. Um, Got to keep it going. Keep yeah. it alive. Forget Mad TV. Remember <laughs> SCTV. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, guys. Um, so let's wrap it up. Let's oh, wrap we, it up. We want to talk about uh, Squarespace real quick. Let's do talk about Squarespace. Um, you know, I was actually uh, because we're actually going to be using Squarespace, the um, the offer code CFN, when we build the uh, earbuds yes. website. Just so, bought the URL. Thank you, Brian Wolf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Weird. Something we completely forgot about. Yeah, we are a .org, so <laughs> that's a problem with anybody. I thought we were a .gov. I thought we were a governmental agency. Would, that'd be so badass if you can get away with that. So, uh, but one thing I wanted to mention to you guys is, uh, you know, we're about to set this up, is that, you know, you can have your own URLs. Like if you register on another site or whatever, mm-hmm. you could use those with Squarespace. There's a lot of drop-down stuff. You can import 
from uh, content from like um, WordPress or other mm-hmm. types of blogs. The other, you know, it's got all the Facebook and Twitter plugins. You can do everything you need to do. And there's also e-commerce. Like, like, well, hey, can I sell stuff on the site? Yeah, you can. Dave Anthony yeah. just converted his site over, and he was telling us during a Podfest meeting. He's like, it's really great. And it's yeah, easy it's to drag use. and drop. And then, but if you're a developer and if you're a you know weirdo code junkie. You know, you could get the developer APIs and really get. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, that, get I think that's too. the thing that's good about it. it. It is if you don't have that much experience doing it, you can set it up. Yes, and get a pretty slick looking website. And then, of course, if you are a coder developer, you know. Yeah, you could really uh, make that. it do what you wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, you can set and, up your uh, and twenty four theory website. Yeah. So. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and and sell what yoga mats? Sell yoga mats, and have a conspiracy theory on the side. That's what I want to do. Uh, so, so the great thing is they have twenty four seven support all in this country. So there will not be any language barriers or anything. Um, everything twenty four seven, twenty four seven, right in the U S of A. Yeah, in New York City, they're all yeah. out of Manhattan. Uh huh. They are. Mm-hmm. So, so you can get support from hipsters. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I guarantee it. I guarantee it. By so, the way, they make oh. they make the best shirts. Their yeah. shirts are the softest. I, I yeah, live with are, nine people, and they're at, at least one of them a day is wearing a Squarespace. Like yeah. you've clothed my ent- yeah. like my, my entire family. So thank you. So, so maybe we're gonna have a Squarespace rap battle. Yeah, they, sounds yeah. like the hipster tech support is like, oh, I can't get these. You know, these earphones. What are they? Because they have the Time Life operator thing. Right, right. Yeah. How do you fit those with a ski cap? That's the hardest thing. <laughs> <laughs> How? We have scientists working on it. Yeah. Right? How can you wear that with an ironic Civil War beard? Yeah. Like, how can you? How can you do that? I saw like a guy yesterday with like a Zippo lighter, and I think that that's like that's the most instant hipster thing. Like I saw him flick it open, and I was like, oh man, oh, nice. I'm, I'm automatically pissed at you, bro. <laughs> Yeah. You don't need that. It wasn't even smoking. Did he have incense in the other pocket? Yeah, yeah, and he smelled like patchouli. Yeah, uh, <laughs> dude. So, um, so hipster tech support at squarespace.com. <laughs> Remember, offer code CFN. Yes, ten percent off. Check that out. Um, and uh, if you build a cool website using uh, Squarespace and the CFN code, let us know about it. We'll talk about your business. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, See? we'll uh, free plug. Come on, you're getting plug. more than your money's worth. Preferably uh, film related <laughs> and soft shirts, and you know, of course, we've got uh, we're, we're getting a bunch of Squarespace swag. So if you buy anything in the store, yeah, we'll throw some stuff your way. Get some free business. And, uh, so, you, so send us your site info at comedyfilmnerds dot com. So let's talk about a couple movies. Um, I don't know if we went over DVDs. Did we? We didn't do the research on that. This no, week. actually, we were we were more focused we on the. Well, we can't talk about what's opening. This yeah, week. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Neeson's time of year. This is his wheelhouse, Jesus. baby. Nonstop. I'm all now. I would see this movie if there were wolves on the plane. I, there's gotta be. This is just. I'm telling you, when Taken came out, whatever four years ago, we all went. Oh, what? Liam? Ne- okay, do right. it. And every year, this. I mean, there's been the the gray. There's been Taken Two, and now it's it's Gunplane. You know, like and it's, then the one where he was the spy that lost his memory. Oh sure. my god! I, These I all are. I can't even like remember the name of that. The one. same movie. It yeah. is. It is. There, you know, there's just there's just a a, a, a dartboard, not a dartboard, but like a corkboard. Spoiler alert! Technically, assassin that lost his it, memory. Sure. Shouldn't his like all his movies should just be called like Secret Badass? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's just like he doesn't look like he's going to be that tough, but he is. Uh, college professor gunfight. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Just. I'm so on board with this. I hope he's making these movies into his 80s of just like, I've required a certain set of skills. Like he's an air. It's, like, mo- it's the B movies of today. I love it. Yeah. Keep doing he's it. He's killing it. Just keep beating people up on planes. Next one, he's going to be in a cargo boat. 
Or just a, a tugboat. Tugboat. It has to be smaller. Space station, yeah. whatever. I don't care. Put him in the Old West. I don't Atlantis. Sh- Atlantis. <laughs> Just don't just don't put him in Star Wars. Just yeah. like that's that's, that's yeah. yeah. You're not a Jedi. You're an old Irish dude that likes fighting. Um, well, so was Alec Guinness. From a certain point of view, um, Darth- Alec Guinness would have made Phantom Menace like yeah. so cool. <laughs> um, also coming out is Son of God, the life story of What's Jesus. What's that about? I don't know. Oh it's, my god! Yeah. I, this is the like this is the worst time of year. Yeah. Nothing excites Easter? me. Oh, yeah. As a Jew, yes, <laughs> Easter. Because you hate Easter. Yeah. Bring Passover on, I mean, buddy. That's no, my wheelhouse. There's no other time you could release these movies for oh, Christians. Oh, my God. It's, uh, this is when Passion of the Christ came out. Yeah. This is all, you know, we're in the Easter wheelhouse now. So here, uh, also coming out this weekend, is I'm so curious to see how this works. Anchorman 2 with 763 new jokes or whatever it is. And part of me goes, come on. And a part of me goes, that's fucking brilliant. And it's a re-release. It's a re-release. You're re-releasing special features on the DVD. Is basically what you're doing. This is something you would just make yeah. for DVD. Yeah, I heard about that like when it was first coming out that they had a cut. The, the reason I want to see it is because it's a rated R cut. And that's what I thought. I'm like, this is a movie. Like the first movie, these guys are like misogynist. And it's like, that's the best part. And and the second they're racist, which is tougher to play, especially in like a PG thirteen atmosphere. So that excites me. But I also read that it's going to be like a two and a half hour cut. Wow, really? It's yeah. like an apocalypse now. Of, yeah, this uh, is like Anchorman. this is like the it's a part do. Yeah, the redo. And, and uh, the re- my biggest problem with, with it is that the is it was a two hour movie in the first place, and I don't think com- I think comedies by minutes. law like ninety minutes and get out. That's two comedy movies, yeah. two yeah. and a half hours. If I go to a comedy show, it doesn't matter if it's like the best comedians on earth. After two hours happens, like you can bring anybody on Dude, that stage. I'm, anyone, I'm, I'm, I'm out. What's the first rule of show business? Leave them want them more. Yes, yeah. and, and anyone out there, young comics putting together shows or whatever, under two hours. Oh my god, ninety minutes is like the target yeah. time. You can send like Louis C.K. out with Jack Black and like Jim Carrey, and I will still like it. Will at I'll, two hours I'm, and I ten remember, minutes, you're done. You know, I'm when done. we were first got to L.A., we were on those shows that were over three comics. hours long, oh and uh, I remember if you're at a comedy show. And it's over three hours. You're either waiting to go on or you have nowhere else to go. Right. You, and the audience would feel like held hostage. Like, fuck, just I want to get out of here. We yeah. had fun. And that, and that also, just for specifically to live stand-up, the worst thing for live stand-up is bad live stand-up. Oh, my god! And long because someone who's – this is my first ever comedy show. And it was two and a half hours long and there was 15 comics and nine of them sucked. It's like, don't do that. Yeah, that's exactly what I did for like my first year. I was doing those at like the comedy store. There was one time, the first one I did, there was this one, this one guy said it was like his first show. He's like, I've never done it. And we're all like, no way. Like, at least we've done like open mic nights and he was at like the comedy store main room and he killed. And I felt like, I'm like, I'm so bad because this guy, it's his first time. I I think he was lying. There's no way that he was that good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, make it make it ninety minutes. And so we'll see with this new. I'll see it because there's no other options. Right, I, I like to go to the movies. Couple indies coming out: The Lunchbox, uh, which is an Indian movie, and it's starring uh, if our fan Khan. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm mispronouncing. <laughs> You've been that. killing it with names. I'm, I'm so great with names. I'm. The, I love it when people email me going, "Graham, you mispronounced." That. At least you try. I've just, I just, I'm just like, no I. Way. 
Everyone who emails me... It'd be better if they emailed you and said, Graham, you said that right. Yeah, you're you're, you're correcting me isn't going to... It's not helping. It's never... never, It's like saying my accents aren't accurate. Like, it's never... (laughs) If you listen to the show, it's not going to happen. I'm going to try. But anyway, Irfan Khan was the guy um, in Life of Pi who's the adult version who's telling the reporter the story. Okay. Um, so he's a, he's an amazing actor. So this, I think is a, is a, a star thing for him. It's a mistaken delivery in Mumbai's famously efficient lunchbox delivery system connects a young housewife to an older man on the desk of his life as they build a fantasy world together through notes in the lunchbox. All right. Now I do want to say that, um, for the, for the DVDs coming out, um, there are, it's actually a really good week for DVDs. Oh, oh is it? um, it's gravity Thor two and Nebraska. Oh well, bing bang boom! Yeah, I so think that's you're what not going to go wrong. If, 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 watch them in that order, please. Yes, yes. <laughs> and please don't watch Gravity on like your phone or something. Yeah. That was a that's my. I love that movie too much. Just watch it on the biggest TV you can find. Will Anderson said that yeah. when I was doing his podcast. It's like when he was going through the flights. You know, you could see movies that are quote still in the theaters, and he was like, "Am I going to watch this on my?" Um, the arm of my airplane. Yeah. Right. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm going to wait yeah. till I yeah. uh, can see it in the movie theater. Like, I think if you haven't seen Gravity yet, it's probably still in the theaters. Yeah, you could yeah. still go, grab go it. Go find it. Go do that. It's, it, I love Check it so it much, but I just know it's not going to translate for a lot of people that have not seen it. In, it it's not going to translate yeah. into a small screen. No. It's, it's a made-for-a-big-screen yeah. experience. If Nebraska is hard for you to find and you haven't seen it, then go That's th- different. Then watch that. Yeah, That's that, really- I think, will translate. Yeah. And even Thor 2, it's like watching Game of Thrones. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I really uh, – that was one of those movies that I definitely enjoyed more than Graham because of his uh, – uh, it was a lot of fantasy elements yeah, that yeah. you don't really uh, gravitate towards. Yeah, samurais. So, why do I like samurais? They're real. Yeah, there's no elf samurais. No, uh-huh. yeah, Thor two. <laughs> Not I, yet. <laughs> Not as far as you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like my. I love Thor two. I love Marvel movies, but my biggest problem is like they don't have a villain that you care about any. Like in Thor two, they made Loki the bad guy that's cool. I know. And I'm like, he was all that you had. Like, you got this guy called Thanos. That's not, he's not going to be in the second one because it's going to be Ultron. So he's going to be in the third one. I'm guessing. And I'm like, that was the tease at like the end of the Avengers that everybody acted like they knew what was going mm-hmm. on, but everybody's like, who the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> and that nerd rant, ladies and gentlemen, is why Keith is uh, works with us because because he gets it. He's he goes a, on to nerd rants. He goes on nerd rants. <laughs> yeah. um, well, that's our show, you guys. Um, thank you again. Everybody that contributed to Kickstarter. Yeah, we can't thank you guys enough. You guys we're going to make an amazing movie. And all the people who are like... We won't let you down. Who, we won't let you down. We're going to make a great movie. We have too, too strong of a team uh, t- in place to not... We'd have to really go out of our way to fuck this we'd up. Have to be, we'd have to be idiots, <laughs> yeah. um, which we are. Yeah. But um, I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm saying <laughs> that uh, we'd really have to go out of our way to really make first thing we're gonna do we're gonna, when the Kickstarter money comes we're gonna go to Vegas and try to double the budget yeah. that's yeah. the first thing we're gonna do we're, we're going to Bali yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so and, and all the people who are like hey man I was too broke to donate totally no oh worries. that reminds me too we're still getting emails by, from people saying that hey I, I missed the Kickstarter can I still contribute save your money for when the movie's done yeah, uh, yeah that's what I'm I mean I'm back everyone and saying look just you know when the movie's out just buy, uh, buy a copy of it buy it and I got an email today when when do we plan on like saying that this movie's gonna be out we are targeting fall of 2015 but that's just an estimate cool yeah that's our guess 
Um, it's going to be a lot of time in post. There's a lot of time in post. Yeah. Um, you know, if we'll see if it lines up, maybe we we premiere it at PodFest 2015, mm-hmm. which would be a good place to premiere it. So that's about a year and a half from now. So, you know, the great thing is now with the, you know, we don't have a producer or a studio yelling at us to meet a release date. Well, not yet, guys. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. So um, we're going to we're going to make this movie right and when it's done, it's done. Yeah, and we'll 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 do it right. Yeah. Um so thank you guys and and uh, everyone who donated, you guys are amazing and everyone who couldn't, don't worry about it. Um and uh, everyone ev- all, everything you guys did was amazing. I can't even I can't say thanks enough. It's it's unbelievable the emotional roller coaster that many of you were going on too as you were all we were all watching the Kickstarter yeah. page together. And, and I will say just also on a personal note, you know, you guys have all um sent emails and uh tweets about how podcasting has affected your lives in a positive way. Well, it works both ways. You guys have positively affected ours. You this really experience have. is like, is not just obviously a, a cool career moment and and all that stuff. It is like on a personal level. It's why we keep doing this, and it's why it's it's uh, why I haven't just quit show business and moved to a beach and just give. Which is up. still kind of the plan. Like it's still the plan. <laughs> I just want to move to a really nice one yeah. now. Yeah, let's say you live very close to the beach. I yeah. You walk there. I, yes, I do walk to the beach, but I mean like a desolate, like yeah, with no Wi-Fi towers. No Wi-Fi towers. There's just a uh, samurai monastery, and then my surfboard. I think um, you're living in the wrong country. I, you're absolutely correct. Um, but thank you guys. So, and also we want to thank that our even guests. ever happen a samurai monastery would uh-huh. be a kung fu monastery. Uh, maybe yeah. you never know. Martial art monastery. <laughs> well, kung fu is Chinese, samurai is yeah. Japanese. So there could be. I'm, I'm sure there's some sort of. Japanese Buddhist uh that's hybrid. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm all for it. If I find it, I'm there. Yeah. So uh Sanai, if you know of one, let me yeah. know. Uh, <laughs> uh so Keith, uh Blomberg, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh you cannot find me at the Twitter anymore because we have handed that off to one of our interns, but it's still earbuds pods movie. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> um, but no, you can find me. I have a comedy group called Dinotopia Comedy. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Facebook. We don't have a Twitter because, as I told you, I don't. I don't know enough about it. So uh, yeah, you can find me there. And uh, just uh, you know, just enough to break it. Just don't send me any Pompeii comments. Like I saw it. I get it. Like I'm. I'm already ashamed. I'll take a sigh. Like any. If you bring it up, then I'm, I'll. I'll. I'll find you. Sweet. But not on Twitter. Yeah. Not on Twitter. Not yet. Not on Twitter at all all right guys uh i will be um uh, you're gonna be in tahoe i'm gonna be in tahoe headline i'm gonna be working with jackie cation this, yes, this just, just called just work together so march she said tell graham not to come that was would, weird <laughs> why would you say that um march 5th through the 9th at um the improv at harvey's hotel and casino me and jackie cation are gonna be performing that's so gonna be great it's gonna be a great show um, and then I will be headlining the Improv in uh, Hollywood, California, March 22nd. That's an 8 o'clock show. I will be posting all those uh, dates. Uh, and we'll be more doing some more uh, jokes on the road with uh, Douglas Benson in April. So look for all those stuff as I release those dates. And thank you guys so much. And I will actually be in Las Vegas in April. Uh, we'll have those dates soon. And like we said, we want to thank you guys so much. Um, We're really going to make an amazing movie. And like I said, we couldn't have done this without you. And we're not going to make the movie without you either. It's going to be great. You guys did it. You you guys made this happen. (laughs) Uh, All right. Thank you, Keith. My name is Graham Elwood. I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Remember, Han shot first. first.